You're listening to episode 231, Building an Authority Brand with Kurt Mercadante. But if you have a mindset of waking up every day saying, I have to beg for it, instead of, I have to wake up my every day and let my creative flow figure me out how to get there, right? Those are fundamentally different mindsets. You yeah. become self-sufficient. You can build your business. You have that mentality when you come up on the boulders in the stream, as every business owner does, you look at that boulder and say, how can I step to the right, step to the left? If I can't do that, I'm going to outlast the boulder because I'm water. Yeah, You know, I go over the wall. Sooner or later, that boulder is going to wear down and I'm going to figure it out. Instead of waking up and saying, there's a boulder, I can't do it. This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Happy Friday to you. Today is Friday. February 26th, 2021. So happy to have you here today. Steve Jobs taking it away for us today. Death is very likely the single best invention of life. It's life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. Right now, the new is you. But someday, not too long from now, you will gradually become the old and be cleared away. Sorry to be so dramatic, but it's quite true. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Again, that quote is by Steve Jobs, a little bit longer, but you know, I love the way he puts that. It's so important. You know, time is of the essence, it only moves forward. And once it's gone, it's gone forever. You know, that's the thing that matters most. So, really, the question, the million dollar question is how are you using your time? How are you using your time today? Who are you using it for? Is it for yourself? Are you letting other people use your time in ways that uh, are not conducive to your happiness, to your fulfillment, to your success? You know, a lot of times we give other people in situations our time unknowingly. You know, we, we get caught up in needless arguments, and I'm guilty of that too. We get caught up in commitments that aren't true to our values, to ourself. You know, so take a look today and see how are you using your time? Make a list of some of the commitments that you feel good about and make a list of some of the things that aren't working for you and what are you going to do differently to change it because time only moves one direction. We are keeping the momentum going of the last few weeks. If you've been tuning in, a lot of great people coming into the show on business, on entrepreneurship, on marketing, on all kinds of wonderful things to take your understanding of business and entrepreneurship online to the next level. Today, I'm going to be sitting down with a great resource for you. Such a great conversation I have to share with you. Uh, his name is Kurt Mercadante. He's the founder of Merck Enterprises, and he's a branding expert, speaker, and business strategist. For more than 25 years, Kurt has counseled small businesses, entrepreneurs, as well as some of the larger corporations and associations in the country. 
He's built three profitable businesses, including a seven-figure public relations and advertising agency. Kurt is also a Gallup-certified strengths trainer, host of the Freedom Mindset Radio podcast, and author of the best-selling book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle. Kurt has spoken, trained, and coached around the world, and his wife, Julie, and four children reside in Charleston. So happy to have Kurt on the show with us today. I mean, he's such a great resource, and we ended up seeing eye to eye on so many things when it came to alignment. You know, I talk about alignment a lot, and, you know, today we're going to be talking about aligning yourself, you know, building an authority brand, but really what that means is aligning yourself and positioning yourself to be true to yourself so that other people can be aligned with you. The right people can be aligned with you. This is the key, you know, through alignment, everything is possible. A lot of times we focus on the results and I say this all the time. It's the results are easy when alignment is present. You know, when alignment is present, movement is natural. And so focusing on aligning the information of who you are, what you present, what you believe, all these things that are uh, having to do with your position, with what you believe, with how things work in your business systems, those are all alignment. All that stuff is the hard stuff. Once you get that, the results will tend to happen of themselves or with very little effort. So that's what we're talking about today. I'm going to be picking Kurt's brain on how to create a successful brand, what strategies and specific action steps you can take to leverage the power of branding, and also a lot of other really cool stuff. You know, we're going to, this is a stream of consciousness conversation, so I'm super excited to share it with you. A lot of great golden nuggets. Make sure you pull your notebook out, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you have a side hustle, uh, or whether you just like to learn some things about life, this is going to be a great conversation. So very excited to share it with you. If you want to stay in touch with Kurt or check out some of his stuff, I'm be making a post. Again, this is episode 231. So go to danceoflife.com slash podcast. That's where the show notes are. I'm going to be making a post with all the relative uh, relevant links there. So make sure you check that out. And if this episode inspires you, make sure you share it with your friends too. Love you guys. Thank you for being here with me today as we get into it. Let's do it. Building an authority brand with Kurt Mercadante. got a beard going on what's up yeah <laughs> how you doing good man good good to see you. i'm excited uh you know we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about i'm i'm really excited i think branding branding is such a a big thing especially now everybody's at home you know staying home with the whole covid thing and and lockdowns and people are working online i mean uh it's it's crazy it's a it's a very different world absolutely and, and I, I gotta tell you you and i uh well, I was going to say the word, but uh, you and I are aligned on a lot uh, in terms of, first of all, the word alignment. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I wrote a book, uh, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle. And you also talk about freedom. Uh, yeah. But the third pillar was alignment. Yeah. And that's finding funny. alignment in your life. And, and I get a lot of pushback from people who say, because I say, don't seek balance, seek alignment. People are, it's the mm. same thing. It's the same thing. It's like, no, it's not. No, no it's, it's not. not. So. Yeah. That's, that's cool. You know, I, I love it. It's, it's so funny. I've had a lot of people recently and just again, to kind of speak to the point that we're talking about now, I'm actually at the time of this interview will be launched. It'll be a couple months into the new year, 2021. But right now I am just about ready to launch this huge book like that I've been working on for like probably 16 years actually. 
Um, and it's all about alignment and, you know, everything I've learned from my professional experience as an athlete, but also as, you know, doing biohacking and stuff. And, um, anyway, long story short, I've got a new website coming. I'm super stoked about it, but even with just everything I have so far, speaking to the point of branding and, uh, positioning alignment, all these types of things that we're going to talk about. I've had so many people come on the show recently that are so in alignment with what I believe, you know, just with what I, I, you know, put out there and freedom, you hit the nail on the head for me, like freedom is my highest value, you know? So freedom for me is, is just having everything in alignment to where, you know, it's so interesting. Like I I follow a lot of Zen stuff. I don't know if you know, Alan Watts at all. Oh yeah. Huge. I quote him all. Yeah. I love Alan Watts. And and I've got all these like chill step remixes that I go and you know, I bike for like two hours and just listen to that stuff. And he talks so much about this kind of stuff. Like a simple example is your, the lens of your eye, you don't really notice it when it's working properly. Like when it's in alignment, it's nothing, it's, it's nothing there. It's only when you have a problem that you see, you know, little spots or, you know, whatever else. Right. So uh, to me, alignment is freedom because when things are aligned, you have that freedom, you have nothing and nothing in a good sense. Like there's space, there's possibility, Uh, You're not having resistance, you know, like when you have movement, anything that's out of alignment is going to give you resistance in the same ways in in your business and your health, whatever else, you know, so it's cool stuff. I love talking about this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a huge Alan Watts fan. Uh, I have, uh, I subscribed to Gaia, Gaia TV and uh, they have a number of his lectures on there. So sometimes I'll turn on his lectures and I, I don't watch them. They're grainy. Sometimes I'll watch them, but I'll, I'll just chill out in the sun. Yeah. And I'll just listen to him. But um, the Alan Watts led me to start reading the Tao. So I read yeah. the Tao every morning. And so great book. The, One of my the, favorites. The, the fifth pillar is flow, which goes hand in hand with alignment in, in terms of, you know, if you flow like water, you're still moving forward. But when a boulder comes, you know, a lot of us and a lot of people in our, I call them hustle and grind, you know, pornographers in our culture yeah. will tell you <laughs> to grab the boulder and beat your head against it. Mm. And it's like, why? Just step to the right, step to the left, go over it. Um, and, and when something's in alignment, it, it, you know, I go to a chiropractor once a week. Yeah. You know, that when you go and things are aligned, lots of things don't want to get into the flow better, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. And, and so balance is, you know, you can be very unhealthy and have balance. Yeah. Alignment is far different. So it's so interesting because I think a lot of this stuff that we're talking about is not mainstream yet. And I say yet, Mm -hmm. because I think that people will burn themselves. You know, the whole online business, entrepreneurship, everything, this is like a relatively new experiment in the last 20 years with all these platforms right. that have come up. And so I think people are starting to see differently. They're starting to see the value of seeing the relationship between things, seeing alignment principles, you know, the whole masculine driven, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like you said, you know, the boulder comes, let me smash my head into it rather than going around it. Uh, you know, work smarter instead of harder. I think it, people are starting to learn that the there's a different way of doing things. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I agree with things on both sides. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, there's a lot of folks who are, who, you know, there's, well, let me just say, there's a lot of people who've put all their eggs in the yin who need yeah. more yang and vice yeah. versa. And um, a lot of people think they're like a duality and opposite. And you, yeah. and they think they can balance it by saying, I'm going to be yin for a couple months and I'm going to be yang for a couple months. It's like, yeah, no, put it in the mixing bowl, you know, yeah. <laughs> mix it up. A I love bit. that, man. That's like, God, I, you know, I haven't met too many people that 
they can articulate that's the same way I talk about it, which is like having <laughs> both, you know, it's like you need, I mean, I, I, I experienced it through dancing. You know, I was lucky to have that experience and kind of yeah. do that for many years. And, uh, you know, it kind of teaches you about partnership skills, everything you have to do with another person. And so you learn these dualities, uh, you know, firsthand and you start seeing like, wait a minute, like this is everywhere, you know, understanding your own nature and then understanding the opposite of that nature and understanding how they play together uh, is so important rather than, you know, I think we're stuck in this, especially with branding and marketing. It's like, we're stuck in this, okay, do this one hack. It's going to 10X your income by next week, right. or, you know, do these five things and you're going to get this person to sleep with you that you've never met like in two minutes. Right. I mean, you know, we're just stuck in that and we don't see the non-obvious components. You know, there's always the obvious component that you see uh, and, and that's different for everybody, but then there's also the non-obvious, which is very important. And like you said, kind of everybody's different. They have their own duality at play, but understanding that you can see what's not obvious is very important. I think for branding, for everything, mm -hmm. for business, for relationships. hundred you know, yeah. percent. Yeah. What's been your biggest lesson from how long you've been an entrepreneur? I've been an entrepreneur since about Oh four, but at heart since I was probably about eight years old. Yeah. Um, Were you the kid with the lemonade stand? <laughs> I, I never had a, a lemonade stand. Um, but the, you know, when I was in college, we figured out my roommate and I, that I went to about 19% of my classes because I worked more. I had internships. I worked, I worked for a professor, yeah. worked for a public opinion research company. And, um, you know, my mindset was, listen, I'm here to get the degree. Yeah. I'm not here to get into a prestigious law firm. I'm not here. I'm here to do stuff. And that's different than a lot of people, uh, the mindset of a lot of people. I think that's why they say what the C students are the billionaires, you know, and yeah. the entrepreneurs <laughs> and the A plus students are working. And, and so, um, you know, my entrepreneurial journey, I saw my dad when I was nine, he lost his job. He had been the president of like fortune 500 companies wow. and all these things. He worked on the space program. He lost his job in his mid fifties. He was, he had me when he was older. And so I was nine. So it was an impressionable time. Wow. The number one learning experience I ever had, well, probably the top 50 learning experiences I've had never took place inside a classroom. But the number one was he lost his job. It was probably, this was about 83, 84 in his mid fifties. You know, the economy wasn't all the way back yet from the stagnation of the seventies and early eighties. He never complained, never did anything. He got a newspaper route. Mid fifties wow. had been president of fortune five. He would get me out. He and my mom would get me out. It's nine years old, nine or 10 at like four in the morning, three in the morning. <laughs> and we would go to the, the, some, I remember it. I don't remember where it was, but it was whatever the newspaper, local newspaper facility. I'd roll up these newspapers. I remember the Chicago sun times. I put it in a little plastic bag. My, my hands were like black. I'm nine years old. It's cold out. We would hop in the station wagon. He would drive. My mom would navigate and I would whip him out the back. And I, it was a great learning experience that you do what you need to do, but he also never complained and didn't put up with it though. And he decided I've worked for someone else my entire life. No one's going to hire me. I'm not going to complain ageism, whatever. Yeah. He just, he reinvented himself and started his own company and went on to have another 25 year plus wow. uh, extremely fulfilling. But I, what it taught him was he changed after that. And after that, he was always at my recitals. He was always at my games. He had alignment where he mm -hmm. aligned relationships, work and self, not balance. Um, yeah. Balance is BS. And, and 
but he went on to have a fulfilling career. And I saw that at age nine or 10, that he was an entrepreneur and I had an older brother who was an entrepreneur. And so I, I knew I had always wanted to do that. And so in my twenties, uh, I was working for a very large trade association. My wife was pregnant. We were in DC and I said, let's move back and I'm going to start my own company. And I got four clients right off the bat and, and, and grew that company from there. And three years ago, I woke up, it was Thanksgiving week. So we're, we're just past the three year anniversary. I woke up on a Tuesday morning and it had been growing for about eight years where I, I grew to hate the company, not like myself. I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now on a cocktail of prescription drugs. I had no alignment. Wow. I wasn't being a good father, husband. And I woke up on Tuesday, that Tuesday morning and I went to my wife. I said, I'm done at peak revenue. We're, we grew the heck out of that thing. It was going up, up, up. I shut it down. That day I emailed my clients. I fired them. Wow. And I started over doing what I'm doing now, helping small and medium-sized businesses and working with them to help build a meaningful message because entrepreneurs want to build a freedom business. Yeah. And often they end up building a prison instead. (laughs) And one of the reasons they do that is they have no idea how to communicate clearly and briefly the positive impact their clients get from working with them. And so what they do is they grind their wheels. They listen to some of the hustle and grind gurus who tell you to drink 16 cups of coffee and then force (laughs) people down the funnel and do this and that. And then the myth of social selling, right? Social selling is actually marketing and branding. You bring them in. Sometimes you got to pick up the phone. You got to connect the dots. And so they spin their wheels for a while and say, well, this isn't working. I have no clients. And then they move on. Hmm. And so it's really, I talk about helping build an authority brand connecting the dots between that freedom business that you want to build, more importantly, the positive impact you're going to have on your clients and communicating that to those ideal clients on a regular basis to help them build the freedom business to, to fuel that lifestyle that they want. So important, man. I mean, you touched on so many things. It's, uh, it is really funny the the trap that we get ourselves into. We all start a business because ultimately we want to be more free. <laughs> and then right. Most of the time it ends up being quite the opposite. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I certainly had built a prison and I, yeah. I you know, I, I had started it for, for freedom. You know, I see the background, your background with the, with the palm trees actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tried to do it, but it was too bright. Um, oh, I'm looking nice. out over the ocean here and um, where are you at? So right now we're in Folly beach, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, we've lived in Charleston for, uh, for seven years, but earlier this year we decided uh, we have four kids. Uh, oldest is 14. Youngest is six. And um, my wife and I decided to sell almost everything we own, our 4,000 square foot house, combine it into a van and travel. So we're back in South Carolina. We're living on the beach, looking over the ocean. My office has been, I was watching the dolphins today. Sweet. (laughs) We're here for a month, came back friends and people we know here for the holidays, but we just spent three months in Georgia and Tennessee up in the mountains having a great time hiking, walking, coming together as a family. And by the way, serving my clients all the time. I didn't skip a beat. In fact, my, my revenue went up because that's our definition of freedom and flow. And we Mm. flow where we feel we're treated best in this time of lockdown and shutdown and, and whatever that is, we're going where we don't have to feel locked down and where we can still thrive and go hiking in the mountains and, and, and not be attached to, if you're going to take away our physical things, it's best if we're not attached to physical things. Yeah. 
because if you are, then you become a prisoner of those physical things. And, yeah. and you know, Alan Watts, we talks about that so all true. the I mean, time. Way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I remember I had a client uh, back when I was doing a lot of uh, like dance lessons and teaching and doing that whole thing. And, you know, you meet a lot of really wealthy people if you, if you do that kind of work and uh, you know, cause it's a luxury sport. And so I remember I, I met this uh, couple very, very wealthy. And I ended up going to their house for their, it's like what, their kids were getting married or something. And it was just, you know, they invited me obviously. And so I went there and I mean, their house is like huge, but I don't even know how big it is. Cause I'm crappy at estimating sizes, but I mean, it was, it was a mansion, you know, and the, the woman was basically, I mean, she had like a full-time job, just like organizing all the cleaning people. And, you know, just basically, like you said, you know, you become a prisoner to uh, you know, the material things that you own. It's like everything you have comes with the cost of maintaining it. Everything gets dusty. Everything gets, right. you know, it's like it's duality. You're plummeted into, um, you know, constant maintenance. You know, I, I can't stand that shit. I mean, I, I love the freedom yeah. of, I have time to myself. I can just go do whatever the hell I want. Like that to me is priceless. You can't put a price on that. I mean, that's just gold. And and even, even things like I found ourselves, you know, we became so attached to material things that were places. Mm. Um, like we love going to Barnes and Noble. We homeschool, our, we've homeschooled our kids for 14 years. And yeah. a lot of people said, oh, well, you're, you should be used to a lockdown. It's like, well, I don't think you understand <laughs> how we school. Like we we're very entrepreneurial. We're out doing stuff. I mean, when they closed parks and beaches, it's like they took away our stuff. Yeah. And it, I got so mad. And then I realized, well, they took away my stuff. Maybe I shouldn't be so attached to the stuff. Hmm. And so that's why we just moved and we went to the mountains where they can't take away our stuff. Yeah. Um, and when you get in that state of flow, it's easy to be more present. It's also... I, I was having this discussion the other day, uh, actually with my mom, you know, how it's so interesting how people who are supposedly so strong in faith hmm. are some of the people who are most terrified right now due to COVID. Hmm. Yeah. And if you're truly faithful, you should be fine. Right. You shouldn't yeah. be so afraid of dying that you failed yeah. to live. And, um, but there's a difference between religion and faith and yeah. paying a collection every week and faith. And, you know, to go back to Al, Alan Watts, if you, if being attached to material things also includes what he calls our bag of skin. Mm. And when you look at everything and, and when you talk about alignment and flow, you know, I'm looking at a lamp right now and a lamp is not electricity. A lamp is just a vessel for electricity yeah. and energy and the electricity comes out. Now, if you don't take care of the lamp, the electricity isn't going to come out, you, but you don't kill the electricity. So if I don't take care of my body and I get COVID, right, I'll die. Maybe I'll get sick, whatever, but you could die. That doesn't mean I leave, especially if you truly have faith in the hereafter. But even if you're not Christian, reincarnation, energy cannot be created or destroyed, whatever it is. Yeah. And when you, when you give up the attach, attachment to material things, you realize that we're energy, that no matter what happens, we can't be destroyed. And you look at life that way, and even connecting the dots from this to building a business. Yeah. I mean, your business started out as a thought, turned into an idea. That idea is manifested through energy into a business. Your brand should communicate the positive impact you provide on other people. All of that is energy. 
And when we focus on playing defense and we focus on fear and we focus on, you know, the cortisol of trying to force people to buy something that they may not want, you know, you wonder why you're stuck on the hamster wheel or stuck in quicksand or whatever, you know, analogy you want to use. And that's why that the flow and alignment is absolutely vital to building an effective brand and effective sales process that communicates that positive impact. And as Bob Berg, my friend, author of the Go-Giver books likes to say, true influence is a pull. It's not a push. Mm. Yet you would never know that looking at how some people use the word influence in our society today. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, influencer, most people think that you're the one pushing the, the narrative of some kind, you know, but it's really, you are pulling, you have that gravitational pull, which is so much stronger. I mean, every time I look up in the sky, I'm just blown away, you know, just the simple things that we ignore. I mean, you, you look at the the night sky at the moon and it's floating around, I don't know, 300,000 miles away or some shit. And it's just like, how the hell does that work? Like how, how does that work? You know, it just blows your mind. And, you know, as you start to see that the strongest things are not obvious, mm-hmm. you know, they're not obvious. They're these intelligent, hidden, subtle things like gravity, which we still don't really know how it works, but that's that pulling um, theme or energy that we can align with, right. With, with uh, alignment and, and branding and flow. It's, it's like that subtle energy that's not uh, trying to bash its head against the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's, you know, if, if you look into all of us, like, at our most fundamental molecular level, you know, you go into the atom, you go into that. We're no different than a rock, hmm. you, you know, and that's pretty humbling. And we're yeah. no different than, than, you know, the dolphins I look out and see in the ocean and there's nothing. I mean, at a fundamental level, we're made of nothing. Yeah. I think Alan Watts <laughs> called it wavicles, but you go in there and you look at the, the absolutely amazing things that happen. I mean, you look at the particles and they disappear based on whether you're looking on them or not. Yeah. And you realize that, you know, it's kind of funny, like after reading Alan Watts and looking at the Tao and then even looking into quantum physics, yeah. I have a new appreciation for like watching Star Wars. And I'm like, they talk about the force. This is real because yeah. that gravitational pull that you talked about in terms of pulling people towards you with law of attraction and true influence is actually real. And there yeah. is that force that binds all of us and that gravitational pull. And whereas we think of between me and this computer here, nothing, there's a whole lot of something there. Yeah. And when you talk, when you communicate energy, if you're on the other side of a desk from someone and you wake up with a scarcity mindset and you think, I got to have this meeting and I don't think it's going to go well. And this guy doesn't want to buy for me and he doesn't want to buy for me. And I got to, I got to overcompensate by verbally vomiting on him about my resume, my skills, my experience and all this, you communicate energy that pushes that person away. (laughs) But when you start talking to, what does that person want? You start asking them questions. You start talking about the positive impact that you can provide connecting the dots to what they told you they want you start bringing them to you. And that's not metaphysical. That's true. You start bringing people into your orbit. Then you have a, have a a sales process to, to, to close them and and turn them into paying customers. But it starts with that positive impact story. That one sentence that communicates the positive impact that your clients get from working with you. It's not processed. It's not how the sausage is made. It's not your resume. It's not your experience. It's 
They want this. You provide this. Can we cooperate and work together versus more of a coercion model? Yeah. Which you can push, which is I have something. I watched Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and I know it's all about the leads and the coffee and coffee's <laughs> for closers. And I want coffee, so you're going to buy from me, you know? So, yeah, it, it's a fundamental difference. Where do you think people get tripped up? I mean, with forgetting these fundamental truths, because a lot of this stuff, I mean, I find it from Eastern philosophy, and I'm sure you can relate to it as well. You know, they, it's like ignorance is the root of all suffering. And ignorance in this sense is really the ignorance that uh, you forget who you really are, that that great being, you are the universe, you are, uh, you know, connected to everything, the law of attraction, all these things that you can kind of lump into one sort of general truth. And when you forget that, you know, you, you become, you turn from the wave into the particle and you're bouncing around against other particles and you're in the world of separation and duality and surviving and, you know, having to make it. So where do you think people forget that in business? You know, how does, how do they get tripped up with that? I, I think it's fundamental. I don't think it's just in business. I think it's how we're conditioned Yeah. Uh, in school from church pulpits, et cetera. And, and the more that that we can be separated from nature. You know, we're told there's man and there's nature. Yeah. There's humans and there's nature. It's like, no, we are nature. We're, yeah. we're part of that. Well, the more you can separate people out from that, the more they're reliant on you for stuff. Mm. You know, there's a reason that government experts mandate, you know, drugs and masks versus <laughs> exercise and healthy choices. Right. Why? Because you keep got to keep coming back to someone and pay for drugs and masks. Yeah. Right. If you're self-sufficient, then no one, and that's not a political statement. It's how that's a, that's a tripartisan multipartisan statement, by the way. Yeah. Um, companies want to separate you out. Why? Because then you need them. Right. I mean, we see that in health. Certainly if, if you're going to get better sleep, eat more cleanly and get movement on your own, that doesn't make the drug companies any money. Yeah. Doesn't make your, doesn't make the healthcare any money. Why do you need Cancer's insurance? Big business, man. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, and that's that part of that conditioning. But, but if you look at church pulpits and you look at, you know, you go on down and down on the line, you look at a, a gosh, I, I, I get, I, we can go down this rabbit hole, but I, I got into the Aramaic translations of the Bible and you realize the translations, the original oh, translations yeah. totally are different. nothing <laughs> like what you're told. I went to Catholic school. The definition of sin is missing the mark. I was told the definition, definition of sin is, you know, eating that cookie you shouldn't eat. And that was yeah. on the same plane with like murdering someone. You're going to hell. Right. <laughs> and so you're made to believe that we are born these sorry sinners we're going to crawl on our bellies our entire life feeling sorry and begging from who from other people. Hmm. And the more that you feel powerless, the more you need other people and the more you got to shell out cash. And so we live in kind of a fear-based society. You know, we turned off the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Why? Cause we, we usually don't watch TV. We're like, okay, with sense of normalcy, we'll watch the parade, the drug ads, and oh, wow. I didn't want my kids getting conditioned. I mean, you watch those things and you start feeling sick. You start feeling yeah. <laughs> like you have the symptoms they're talking about. And it's like, when you become a victim, we're conditioned to become victims because victims require saviors. Yeah. 
And that separates us from the nature in terms of, I mean, if we want to get down into the religion and this, this absolutely has to do with business. You know, I grew up in Catholic school. We, we said the Lord's prayer, our father, and it's give us this day, our daily bread. And a lot of people look at it that I'm going to spend my days begging for my daily bread. Yeah. Really what it actually means is everything I need to be successful, fulfilled and prosperous. I already have it's up here. Yes. It's called my creative mind. And you can think your way out of absolutely anything. But if you have a mindset of waking up every day saying, I have to beg for it, instead of I have to wake up my, every day and let my creative flow figure me out how to get there, right? Those are fundamentally different mindsets. You yeah. become self-sufficient. You can build your business. You have that mentality when you come up on the boulders in the stream, as every business owner does. You look at that boulder and say, how can I step to the right, step to the left? If I can't do that, I'm going to outlast the boulder because I'm water. Yeah. You know, I go over the wall. Sooner or later, that boulder is going to wear down and I'm going to figure it out. Instead of waking up and saying, there's a boulder, I can't do it. That's it. And I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who have that mentality. And before we even get to the branding, they won't find an hour in the day, one hour in the day to pick up the phone and get on the phone and have conversations with potential clients. I said, mm. you can do everything. You can spend eight hours a day on your business. If you're not having conversations online, offline with potential clients, like nothing else matters. Yeah. But they see that boulder and they just stop and they freeze. And I call those people the thumb suckers. <laughs> they're in the corner sucking their thumb saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And meanwhile, they're behind the boulder, water's flowing right by them. And, and, and the people with abundance mindsets, letting the creativity flow is going to have it. That's what branding's truly about. Yeah. Because if you got to have conversations with those people, bring them into your orbit. It's, it's a flow back and forth. You move forward. They give you money. You give them value in return. That's how it works. It's the flow of prosperity. Um, but if you want to stop that flow and get just tense and I got to coerce people and I'm going to go out there and this is, it, it's just not going to work. You can make money in the short term, but you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to burn your clients out. It's not sustainable. Man, I love that. It's so many, so many good things in there. It just reminded me of so much stuff that I have been writing and reading about lately. The water, there's a quote actually, God, I don't know who, to, who it is right now, but it is a quote that's basically water didn't break the boulder because of its strength. It broke mm. it because of its consistency. <laughs> I don't remember who said it, but such a great quote. And it's such a great reminder of like, it doesn't, nothing matters over the stretch of time. As long as you're consistent, you know, that's, that's really the key. There's i uh, I'm, I'm looking at the palm tree behind you right now. And, you know, here in South Carolina, we have uh, palmettos and, and just up the, up the coast, actually, if I went out in the water a little bit, I could see it. Uh, we have Sullivan's Island which is just above Charleston and Fort Moultrie is there. And I can't remember what it was called. It might've been called Fort Sullivan uh, at the time of the American, the revolutionary war. And the British came down and they were just going to destroy Fort Moultrie. It's going to be an easy route. And they started shelling it. And what was good, their cannonballs were basically bouncing off the fort. Why? Wow. Because the only wood they had to make the fort, they made it out of palmetto tree wood. Hmm. which is spongy and absorbent. So these cannonballs, they couldn't win. It was a huge battle. And, the, you know, the Americans wow, beat the that's British. Interesting. That's crazy. Now the state tree is palmetto. So what, what does Lao Tzu write about in the Tao? 
that the soft and yielding is actually stronger than the hard and the rigid. Yeah. And so when you are soft and yielding, you can take the blows, but you can better adapt to what comes out. You can adapt to a year like 2020. You can adapt if you're reaching out to people and, and there's some weeks, you know, my sales mentor tells me some weeks you're the foot and some weeks you're the ball where you're not closing deals. People aren't responding to you. You adapt and you move on. You absorb the cannonball. It bounces off you. And then you go to the next person. Yeah. And uh, so it's fun. All the things we're talking about. Yeah. They're metaphysical. Yeah. There's 2,500 years old advice from Lao Tzu. People ask me, what's your favorite business book? Said the Tao Te Ching. Yeah, absolutely. That's not a business book. <laughs> Read it again. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, business is no different than anything else, man. I mean, life is a practice. And I think, uh, you know, these people didn't have the distractions that we, you know, we think we're so clever today with everything that we have. But if anything, I think that it has uh, extended the time for the spiritual journey that we all have to be on, you know, mm-hmm. here. You know, you look in the past and they didn't have all the crap that we have with, with Facebook and stuff to distract us. And certainly, you know, there's a lot of opportunity with that to, to reach your creative potential, but by not having the distraction component, I think a lot of these people were able to kind of get to these spiritual heights and, and discover this timeless knowledge. To me, that stuff is timeless. Like you 3000 years from now, that stuff is going to still be valid because it's, it's a window into reality and how reality works. And I think if you get that, then everything is the same, whether it's business or your health or relationships or whatever else, you know? Yeah. And when you read some of these timeless texts, I mean, thousands of years old, you realize there's always been distractions. Now we have different distractions and and certainly social (laughs) media and 24 seven cable news and you know, every, this, this whole thing, but distractions can be our thoughts, our limiting beliefs are, you know, anyone who tries to meditate, you know, right away there's distractions. Yeah. And, you know, Bruce Lee has a wonderful quote. They asked him about what it takes to be successful. And he said, it's not about the daily increase. It's about the daily decrease and hacking away at the unessential. Hmm. And so people ask me, you know, what's your biggest challenge? I said, my daily challenge is to hack away at the unessential, to find the extra stuff in the water that keeps me from flowing, that Hmm. keeps from alignment, you know? And uh, sometimes I go to the chiropractor and I, I had a problem where all of a sudden, I mean, I've been running for decades. All of a sudden, every time I run for more than 10 minutes from the knee down, down to my foot goes numb, but not just numb, like, like pins and needles, like you Google it. Oh my gosh. Do I have MS? Is like, what's happening? I go to the yeah, chiropractor. Yeah. He's like, your hips are, your hips are totally out. You know, it's like, I did something. I did something, puts it back in. So I don't run anymore. I took away the unessential because it was getting in the way of what I wanted to do. Now I do a lot of other things and, and, and work out and, and, and keep healthy. But when you start auditing, editing, and restricting your day and you remove the unessential from your day, you remove the BS, you realize what you need to be prosperous. is like that much. It's like three outcomes every single day. And that's it. And we confuse to-do lists and this and that. And oh my gosh, I got to sit here and stress about my to-do list for three days from now. And that's a to-do list, you know, and, <laughs> and removing that unessential, removing the crap from the water, from the stream, so it can flow better hmm. is just, I, I mean, the amount of business owners who, who won't take a day to do sales and branding, who have paid me good money to do it, to help them do it. Oh, well, you don't understand, Kurt. I have to service my clients. Great. What, when the, what about what happens when those clients leave? You have no pipeline. You're not building mm. it. 
because a lot of people are very smart. They're very good at what they do. I'm good at being an accountant, but no one told me I had to brand myself and sell. Yeah. Well, you can't be an accountant unless you brand yourself and sell. <laughs> Removing the crap so you can get in there and focus on what's truly important is really just in life, the way to a fulfilling life. Um, but also you build a business and realize you have time left over hmm. and, and your days are full, but not busy. And there's a difference between the two. Man, I love that. I love the the distinction between it's not about the increase. It's about the, the daily decrease. That is so cool. I love that. Yeah. It, it's becoming, you know, it, it, uh, it, becoming useless in many cases. Like yeah, yeah. we think we have to be useful at every minute of every day and we're so busy. And then we, oh, I don't have time. I can't read a book. I don't have time to go out with my friends. I don't have time to exercise because you spend so many minutes of the day trying to be quote unquote useful. Mm. And there's I always my, something that's going to gobble it up too. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Never I mean, ends. cause we're told we're lazy. If we do it, I take, I took an hour today and I sat in the sun Nice. and did nothing. And, but in doing nothing, I was doing something, but I wasn't striving to do anything. Yeah. And that may sound crazy, but once you start doing it on a regular basis, you know what I'm talking about that. Yeah. That time is so important to you health-wise. Heck, in the sun, vitamin D, these days with COVID, it's, it's vital. Yeah. Um, to try being a little more useless throughout the day yeah. instead of having to be useful every single minute of the day. Um, and you end up getting more done, more of what's absolutely the essential outcomes done in your day. You know, it's so true. And it's, again, going back to everything we talked about with, with this duality of obvious and non-obvious, I mean... Yeah, I, I played piano for many years. And one of the things that always fascinated me was that really the reason you hear the music is because of the space in between the notes. Mm, yeah. if, it, if it wasn't for the space between the notes, you wouldn't have a sense of the timing or of how long something would be, or, you know, whether it's staccato or it's legato, you know, tied together, smooth, whatever. And so, but we don't think of it that way. We don't think of the music in terms of the nothingness of the space. And so I can relate to that too. Although I'll tell you, it's been, it's tough sometimes when you get into a project that is like with this book that I'm actually, it's two books that I'm launching and it's, it's just a huge thing, a program. And so it's, it's the kind of work where you have to sit down and channel, you know, you have to like, okay, I can't be fucking interrupted for like 10 hours. You know, just yeah, right, right. And that kind of work is, it's like, I'm aware, I'm aware, like, okay, I need to force myself, go take a walk, just refresh. Don't get caught up in the, the loops of details but it's still um, tricky. And I find that's why I'm really excited to finish it because I'm like, okay, let me get back to, cause you, you, you sort of like you walk through, you know, like you're walking through a yard and you create a pattern, you're creating this pattern of, okay, check the to-do list, make sure I didn't miss that shit. Cause especially with branding, you know, you talk about consistency, one little thing and it's like, you lose trust, you know? So I'm super picky right. about that kind of stuff. And uh, in the, in the process of creating something new, especially, I think uh, you get looped up into this, you sort of train your nervous system to be overreactive. You're like, okay, let me just, okay, this, this. And then when you do have nothing to do, you're like, okay, now what? And you're twiddling your thumbs and you're right. you know, trying to relax. It's, it's crazy. It's a crazy experience. Yeah. I, I find when I, when I get, when I have those days where, and, and I try to have those days where, and, it, and if you're in alignment, I, I have to say, you don't need days off. Yeah. For people sure. are like, what are you talking about? It's like, it, you know, it, it's, it's, 
You found your rhythm. You found your, yeah, exactly. And I don't need, it's not, I haven't, here's how a lot of people look at balance. It's, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to eat shit for two weeks. I got this project to work on. I'm going to eat shit. I'm not going to see my spouse or my kids for two weeks, but you know what? In two weeks when this project's over, it's all going to balance out because I'm, I'm going to come home early. I'm going to eat a salad. I'm going to go for a walk and date night. <laughs> yeah. Now, if that happens, and that's a big if, because a lot of times the two weeks just keeps going on and on. Right. The two week stretches to six months, stretches to two years, stretches to what a lot of people are. When I'm 65, it's all going to balance out and we'll travel and then I can rest. Yeah. And I've had people say, well, that just sounds like you know, people lack of priorities, et cetera, et cetera. Well, okay, great. But the difference between balance and alignment is, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to put every, this like a seesaw. I'm going to put all the weight over here on life and life and life and life. Yeah. And then it's going to balance out. Oh my gosh, shit. I got to go back to work and I got to do this. <laughs> First of all, there's not work in life. There's just yeah. life, you know, and life has three facets. Work is one of them, relationships and self-care. And when you're in alignment, it means not only in, in terms of the time you spend on them, and that's how we look at balance. It's just time and hours. Alignment means they're all moving in the same direction as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So you can be balanced with between work and family, maybe, and you're doing something that is, you know, eats up your time, makes you stressed. So even when you're then spending time with your family, Saturday morning at the Jimmy soccer game, you're thinking about the Monday conference call. Mm. When you're in alignment, it's just every day is in a state of flow and mm. some are up, some are down, but you know, it's all moving in the same direction. Um, and when you do that, your self-care is better. Your relationships are better. And because of that, your work is better. You wake up in a better mood. If you don't wake up with an abundant mindset, how are you going to communicate positive impact to your potential clients? Yeah. So it all flows together uh, in terms of prosperity and fulfillment, building a business that's worth building um, and communicating it to the right people, bringing them into your orbit and yeah, it turns into more revenue for you. I love that. So important. I mean, these are, these are so, so important lessons, especially with the abundance mindset. I think that's a huge one because we are very much trained in modern culture with on business entrepreneurship to find the hack, find the strategy, do this. It's always some kind of action. And in putting the onus, the focus so much on, I need to do this. You almost kind of separate yourself between, you know, here I am and here's the outcome. And so I have this, I have to get it. And so you're chasing it. So you're just caught in that little rat race. Whereas, you know, the abundance mindset is very much the whole thing we were talking about earlier with pulling, you know, you pull, you already create the outcome within yourself. And so you pull it, you pull it towards you by aligning with that uh, future timeline. And I'm curious in your own life and your experience, what has been, something that's taught you the most about that, about living in abundance and why that's important and how do you do it today? Uh, yeah, you know, my dad, he passed away in 2012 and he was my hero. And um, he was, you know, he went and they, I think they gave him a couple months to live. Yeah. And he went another two years. Wow. And got to see our, uh, our third child born and That's got cool. to see his niece or his granddaughter, my niece, uh, get married and he danced at the wedding and all those things. Right. Wow. That's cool. And I think a big reason for that 
had nothing to do with the treatments he did. In fact, they look at the end, they said he was cancer free, but his kidneys shut down and they were basically fried from Hmm. the radiation and the chemo. I think that all killed him. What kept him alive for those two years extra was his abundance mindset. I mean, Mm -hmm. some horrible things. I mean, it was bladder cancer, right? So there's some horrible things that were going on, painful. Um, No matter what happened, you'd ask my dad, how's it going? How are you doing? He could be in pain. He could have had, you know, fantastic. How are you doing? He would sit down and tell me about your day. Wow. It was, and it wasn't fakey. It wasn't covering it up. Yeah. He wasn't just papering over it. It was true abundance. So I urge people when they get up in the morning, you wake up and there's maybe things you don't want to do in your day right? That's why hack away at the unessentials. So there's less of that stuff. And you have days that are full of a want instead of compulsion. Yeah. But there's always going to be some stuff, right? There's some stuff that you're just not excited about. And instead of thinking about that, the most important conversation you can have with yourself on a daily basis, or the most important conversation you have on a daily basis is the one you have in yourself. First thing in the morning, wake up and ask yourself two questions. And if you've got to write them down, write them down. But just even before you open your eyes, the first is what's awesome about today? Start there. That's your baseline. Like I'm alive. I'm not six feet under, you know, for me, it's like, I wake up next to the woman I love. I get to spend time with my kids today, whatever it is, you start there. Yeah. But then the next question is what could make today even more awesome? If the baseline is awesome, asking that second question admits that there's things that could be better, but instead of saying, the world is crumbling. The world is horrible. You know, we hear, you would think if you watch news today, you oh would God. think the environment <laughs> is worse than it's ever been. You'd yeah. think the world is a more violent place than it's ever been. And you'd think poverty is on the rise. All three of those things, absolutely not the case. Yeah. At like a, at an all time low. I mean, there are some cities in the United States that if you went there 30 years ago, you couldn't see across the street because of the pollution. Right? Wow. So if you start from, wow, the world is awesome. But how could you make it? Yeah, there's pockets of poverty that we still need to fix. It's not taking away from them, but you started awesome. And then you go from there. Yeah. But that's not the conditioning that we get. We're taught to everything that's right. Turn on the news. It's not everything that's right with the world. It's everything that's wrong with the world. Go on your Facebook feed. It's a place where people vent and they rant about everything that's wrong with the world. What's the biggest thing people talk about today? And people, people can rail on me this all you want. That's fine. We hear about privilege and talking about privilege. Yeah. Well, if you are so worried about what I have or don't have, okay, I get it. I understand it. Okay. Am I privileged? Yes. I'm white. I was born in the suburbs. Yes, I'm privileged. Knowing that, how does that help you get out of whatever rut you're in? Yeah. It doesn't. But the scarcity mindset thinks the world is a finite sized pie and there's three slices and there's only three slices. So (laughs) if Kurt or Tudor gets a slice, shit, they just took away pizza for me. Yeah. When in fact, throughout human history, it has always been the case that humans just figure out how to make bigger pies or more pies. The abundance mindset says, wow, this is awesome. Let's make more pies. A scarcity mindset says, damn it. That guy just took, that woman just took my slice. This took my slice. And so we have to do something to prevent them from getting slices. That's 
mediocrity loving company, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, and it goes back to that creative flow. We have everything we need to create abundance with already in us, but prosperity and abundance, by the way, those words have nothing to do with money. Prosperity and abundance, that's our birthright. We were born with it. People talk about how do you get prosperity? You already have it within you. Yeah. Are you, are you allowing it to rise to the surface or are you shoving it down? Um, and, and when you allow it to come to the surface naturally, that's when you have that abundance mindset. Uh, that's when you get an alignment. That's when you have that state of flow. And that's where you communicate it, your impact story to the clients you want to serve that have a positive impact on them. And yeah, that's when you make more money. So true, man. I mean, it really starts with, I, I can tell you like all of my best clients that I've ever had in anything I've done always came into my life. It was so funny. I've really noticed the pattern, especially when I didn't have that much awareness over, you know, the things. And I still am learning, obviously everybody's learning, but when I didn't have as much awareness as I have today, I, I mean, I would have wild fluctuations in my income because, mm. you know, the, the days when you're doing good and, you know, you're in that truth, uh, people just literally walk through the door or they call you up and it's just, it's crazy. You know, mo most, I would say most of the best clients I've ever had, I never got them by advertising or anything. They literally yeah. just showed up in my life. And I mean, people that spent, we're talking like a hundred thousand dollars, you know, or, or more. I mean, this is like, literally people just walk into your life, you know, and that's the same with all the great relationships I've ever been in. Um, all the great friendships I've ever created. I mean, literally they just walked into your life. Nothing that has ever been great in my life. I've never had to chase it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the law of attraction is real where I find a lot of entrepreneurs go wrong with it is they bring people into their orbit, but they don't have systems and processes to yeah. connect the dots with those people. You can bring a lot of people in who will watch you. Yeah. You know, but like I go to your website and I can tell what you do and how to work with you. Yeah. There's a lot of folks who they bring into the orbit and that's it. And, you know, when someone views my LinkedIn profile, when someone connects with me, I call them the next day. I had a guy who viewed my profile yesterday morning. I sent him a LinkedIn message and I said, Hey, Grady, thanks for viewing my profile. Let's connect. He connected with me. I called him. He called me back. We had a discussion. I sent him a proposal. He became a client all within the span of eight hours. Wow. What a lot of people do is they bring that person in their orbit. Like the cool, that guy's following me. I'm going to keep putting out great content <laughs> and they don't have the process to connect the dots. Right. Yeah. And then they wonder why they're not getting the results they want. And that brings up another piece, which is we're a very results oriented culture wins and losses. It's how you define those wins and losses though, that are the key. And if you become process oriented instead of results oriented, which is hard for people to understand, right? Where you focus on the process, but you don't obsess about the results. Mm. And there's great, you know, Nick Saban, I'm not a big Alabama football game, but Nick Saban is a very successful football coach. He has what he calls the process. And it came to him when he was at Michigan State and they were getting beat badly by Ohio State. And he said, this isn't working. This is not working. You know, we're focused on winning the game and looking at the scoreboard. He said, I'm going to do something completely different. Instead of doing that, we're only going to focus on putting all our focus 
all our mind share, everything into the next play. Yeah. We're not going to worry about second down or third down or fourth, just the next play. If my quarterback gets hurt, nothing I can do about that. But we're going to focus on the next play. They did that in that game. They ended up beating Ohio State, who I believe was ranked number one. The process was born. He follows that. Everything they do is focused on the next play. It's not, do they have goals? I'm sure they have goals. Yeah. But it's not like where at the beginning of the game, they're like, we're going to win the game and we got to win it. We got to score 30 points, whatever. They focus on the next play. If you do that with your business, my daily wins and losses, I mean, for business, I have more than this, right? are based on process. I have a sales notebook based on, I call 10 to 20 people a day and I bring them in in a variety of ways. Yeah, I teach people, there's a, a dozen ways that you can bring people into your orbit and then I call them. You know, I grab them out of the orbit and I bring them in and we have a discussion. A lot of them turn them into clients, some of them turn into referral sources, some of them turn them into great friends, you know? Yeah. And I focus on my process. So my wins and losses there aren't, how many deals did I close this week? Yeah, I literally have hashtag marks. How many calls I made? If I didn't hit 10, I didn't win the day. Mm -hmm. When I focus on closing and deals, there's weeks where that just doesn't happen. Yeah, And so my mindset takes a hit. When I yeah. focus on the hashtags, I get to 10 and I'm like, let me go to 15. Let me go yeah. to 16. I focus on that. And you know what? If I, when I focus on process and I focus on, you know, those are just the, the boring wind sprints I got to do every day is equal to my hashtags or my, yeah. you know, the hashtag marks that I mark for the calls. I throttle my income based on that little process there. Like that simple process throttles my income. Daily content, I do that, I move away. You know, I post, I walk away, I bring people in my orbit. Focusing on process is the key to success. And it allows you to get in a state of flow where the process just keeps you moving forward. Yeah. It moves forward. You have that process. It's not that you don't schedule your day. It's not that you just take the day as it comes. You put some guardrails on it. You focus on your process, you move forward and you don't strive or obsess for the results because that's when it takes you off. That's when you start acting out of, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, like character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or, or, um, desperation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. where you asked out of desperation where it's like, I'm going to take deals. I'm going to start calling people. I'm going to, yeah. your content turns into this. You're announcing things instead of offering value, you know? Um, but becoming process oriented, a lot of people don't, they think that sounds like the antithesis of freedom or the yeah. antithesis of alignment and flow. They support each other. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, if I don't go to my chiropractor every week, I'm out of alignment. That's my process. I just show up and he cracks me, <laughs> you know? That's so interesting. It reminds me of a TED talk I saw. God, it must have been several years ago. It was actually in Korea. And I don't remember that much about it, but it was basically the, the speaker was talking about the different pendulums in your life. And, you know, they were holding a, a pendulum and, you know, the pendulum's moving, you know, side to side. And, you know, you, he said, you got a pendulum for your, for your kids, you know, one day your kids go to school, then they're off and then they come back, you know, so things are basically changing. You have a pendulum for your body, you wake up, you know, that kind of thing. And so he's illustrating this idea that there's these constantly fluctuating things that we, you know, we talked about income, right? So you're, you're not going to make sales every freaking day. I mean, that'd be nice, right. but it's just not going to happen. Uh, everything fluctuates, you know? And so he was talking about how, and it might've been a business Ted talk, but he was talking about how we, our focus should be on the hand holding the pendulum. Hmm. 
not the pendulum swinging side to side. Because when you put your consciousness there, you become the change. You know, it's like that. Uh, I'm sure you probably are familiar with the the story of the Chinese farmer. You know, the with the horses and thing that it's like constantly something's happening. And so he's just saying, oh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be bad or good. The villagers are always commenting on what's happening. It's a great Zen story, but anyway, it's like, you know, the, the change is always happening in life. And so we can either get caught up in it and get in the wave and say, Oh, I'm over here. Now I'm over there. Oh my God. You know, I didn't make any sales today. Like I feel like shit. Oh my God. I need to like, you know, and so you start being reactionary rather than like you said, being focused on that process which is something that you do every day, no matter what. It's that water that's flowing uh, rather yeah. than being the, the rock bouncing around at the bottom of the river. <laughs> and, and, and it's also, you know, vital to people are good at setting goals. Yeah. But they're not as great as setting a vision and long-term yeah. outcomes. And when you set a vision, I like to say, if your vision changes because of a pandemic, it wasn't the right vision. Mm. And I've had people come back to me and say, well, my vision was building a restaurant. My vision, you know, I had a photographer, my photography studied on my, my vision was building a photography studio. I said, is your job and your current business your vision? Mm. Or is your job and your current business an objective on the way to your vision? Oh, Okay. If your vision is living a fulfilling life, and right now that includes building a business that includes at movie theaters, your vision won't change. You just got to figure out a different way to get there. Yeah. And so the closer you get to your daily goals, those can adapt based on what happens in the world. So I have a restaurant, they shut down in-person eating. But my goal for this year, my long-term outcome was to have a profitable year. Okay, I can shake my fist at the government and the world and the universe for COVID. Or as some, by the way, restaurants are doing and they're not surviving. Yeah. Or there are, you could be like the four-star restaurant who says, okay, I'm going to go with the flow. I can't do anything about COVID. I can't do anything about the government, but what I can't, and by the way, this is not saying don't get involved in policy and those things, right? But what I can do is I can build a drive-through window on my business. What I can do, that's the next down, right? That's like Nick Saban. Yeah. Okay, COVID, they shut down in person. My quarterback got hurt. Okay, second down. What, we Get the new quarterback in. We have four quarterbacks, put the, put the damn new quarterback in, yeah. you know? Build a drive-through window. Okay, great. You know, and, and the companies that are doing that, they're flowing like water. They're stepping to the right or the left around the boulder. Hmm. That allows you to adapt and thrive. Your vision doesn't change, but your closer outcomes do. Hmm. And we confuse off a lot goals or certain our, our, our daily to-do list with a long-term vision for where you want to go. Um, and there's an old Chinese story about a bird that's flying very high. And, you know, if it, if it goes too low, it's going to die, but being up high gives it that greater view of everything that's going on. And the bird just looks down and is like, yeah, I could get involved in that. I can get involved in that, but that's where you go back to the unessential. Why? Yeah. Why would I want to do that? My vision is here. I'm going to remain above the fray and focus on getting there. Okay, they shut me down. Great. I'm going to open a, you know, for us, right? They locked us down. We're going up to the mountains. Yeah. We spent three months in the mountains. Now we're at the beach. And I kind of pattern interrupt. I don't need to go to restaurants anymore. 
Yeah. I don't need to go anywhere. Could be, be fine. An, an adventure, something yeah, new. Exactly. Um, so yeah. That's no, so interesting. I mean, it's really uh, human beings are, are we're, we're quite the animal. I mean, you look at everything else in nature and it works that way. Just like, like how you described it. I mean, you, you place, you know, like the other is a silly example, but I think it's going to work. I remember trying to, I was in the studio a couple months ago, practicing for a promo video I was doing. And, um, I see this cricket on the ground, you know, I don't want to kill it, you know? So I'm like, Oh man, it's kind of hobbling around. So it's, it's got this, you know, gimp leg. I'm like, all right. So, you know, I put my hand down <laughs> to try to, to pick it up. So I'm intercepting it. Like I'm putting the hand in front of the cricket. And so what does it do? It just moves the other way. And I put it there. So it's, you know, every, everywhere you look in life, anytime that there's an, uh, an obstacle, life just moves around it, you know, whether it's yeah. plants or animals, insects, bugs, it's just, it's constantly flowing with the changing alignment that happens. But with human beings, we get in our, our self-awareness, you know, we're too self-aware. And so we, the block happens and you say, well, what does that mean about me? You know, what does that say about me? If, if the block is there now, I, I suck, I must be incapable or, you know, so we stop, which is very interesting if you think about it. Cause it's not, not a lot of things do that in the world. I mean, <laughs> they just move around. Yeah. And you remember that, that final scene in the, in the original Superman where he yeah. gets so mad that Lois died and he flies and he, he, he spins the earth around. Yeah. The problem is we think that we can do that and we try and you know, it just doesn't work. And it, every time we do that, you know, we push over here and something happens over here. Yeah. You know, we can create wonderful drugs to help in one area. And then 50 years later, you find out it's killing us. Oh, there's a consequence. Um, and it's, it's, it's that, you know, I was, when you said that, you know, nature finds a way, I think about uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum and, in, in, you know, Jurassic Park. And they're like, there's yeah. no way we've taken all precautions. And he's like, nature finds a way. And it did. Yeah. Yeah. And these are, yeah. these are fictional stories, but. There's it, truth to them though. Absolutely. Yeah. You look, I heard, I've heard about, uh, you know, Chernobyl yeah. in Russia. I've heard about the populations of some animals are greater than they've ever been. Yeah. In an area that was destroyed, it came back. Um, you know, it, 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 I'm not saying going out and going out and cause a nuclear disaster, <laughs> Yeah. but when you realize that and you realize that we are part of nature and nature is stronger than we give it credit for, yeah. Then maybe we won't live in fear as much. Maybe yeah. we'll allow nature to take its course. Nature taking its course doesn't mean you just don't care. It means that you flow instead of grind. Yeah. You're purposefully moving forward, but it's a little more effortless. It's like, you know, when you watch uh, uh, professional swimmers swim versus like watching me swim. Yeah. Like I'm like a rock with arms and there is the, they, they don't even, you, you don't see the water move. Yeah. They're still putting effort in, but they're in that state of flow. They're moving with the current. It doesn't look like they're moving upstream. And I think many times we think we're humans and I can't get swim in this water. So I'm going to change the flow of the water. And we figure yeah. out how to do that instead of just, dude, if you just went downstream with the flow, you, you'd already be, he'd be a millionaire. You'd have 10 clients, you, could, you know? <laughs> So crazy. I mean, it seems so simple, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's not, especially if you, if it's, if you haven't practiced those things or, or practiced 
taking the time to think differently. You know, I think life, especially the environment we're in and, you know, here in the States and most capitalist kind of first world grind your balls off kind of countries, they're all kind of the same as, you know, we, we are locked into a perspective and books like the Tao and taking time alone to go in nature, all these things that are, you know, old school things, but they're so valuable to giving you a different way of thinking. I think that's really, what it's about, it's about really having a different way of thinking about things. I think most of my ideas, honestly, with branding and, you know, whatever else, all the creative stuff I've done, but really, they all really come to me when I'm like taking a bike ride or taking a walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. And just like, I literally just go out to forget. And then my mind's like, oh, hey, did you think about doing this? And I was like, oh crap, I didn't even realize I didn't do that. You know, so it's interesting. You mentioned something really important that I want to touch on, which is, I mean, we talked about it several times, but it's the idea of an orbit. And an orbit is is very important as a distinction because, you know, the, the, the sort of traditional sales model is like, okay, it's a line. Somebody comes here from traffic source, go through the funnel, make the sale, and then I forget about them. But really, you know, business, true business and, and long-term business is about relationships because mm-hmm. ultimately I think that's when, that's another thing where people get, um, burned out or, or trapped up is sort of not creating an orbit to begin with. They have maybe a, a sequence that people go through, but in the process of sort of focusing on the result of a sale, they really neglect the value of the relationship. You know, I've had people reach mm-hmm. out to me for coaching or, you know, whatever purchasing stuff that I have. And they're like, Oh, I've been following your podcast for like seven months, you know, just listening, yeah, just randomly listening to my podcast, you know? And it's like, Wow, that's that's really cool to hear that because it it sort of speaks to that point that you never know who's listening and who's even in your orbit, like way out here on the last electron shell, just you know, out here, and then pretty soon something happens and up oh, they get a little closer and they get a little closer and then they maybe purchase something and then, and then they get warmer and then they get you know a deeper relationship. I mean, that whole system is very important. And I think a lot of people don't realize the value of that. So what is that to you? How do you create that in your brand, uh, in a brand, I guess? And, you know, what are some of the main points of that? Yeah. So, so there's four pillars of an authority brand. Yeah. Um, the first one is the most obvious and I put it first because it is obvious and everyone expects it. It's attention. Yeah. But unfortunately it's where most business owners and entrepreneurs start and stop. It's all about eyeballs and I'm going to throw it out there. The second pillar though is very important. It's accuracy. It's knowing very radically and very aggressively who your ideal client is. Not just the company, not just the industry, sometimes not even just the type of person. It's getting down. I have five pages of questions. So when I had my PR and ad agency, I scaled that for 14 years. You could line up 10 trade associations that are in my wheelhouse. But of those 10, I knew the two people that worked at the two trade associations that were most likely to buy from me. So wow. all business is P2P. It's not B2B, B2C, it's person to person. Yeah. So getting in, who is that person? What's their lot in life? What's their behavior style? Are they conservative? Are they liberal? Well, why does that matter? It does. And I don't, I yeah. can't tell you why it matters until we know why it matters. What's their religion? Are they faith-based? Are they a family member? Well, but they're, it's, it's a company buying from a company. A person is doing the decision making. Transaction, yeah. It's all about relationships. So accuracy is important, really getting down aggressively identifying that. Mm. The next one is alignment. And aligning 
not just what you do. See, this is very important. Most business owners are very smart. Our businesses are our babies. So when we come up on a potential client, we verbally vomit on them. Here's our bells, our whistles, our features. Instead of clearly answering that question that your potential customer wants to know, which is what's in it for me. Mm. They don't give a shit about you. They may yeah. love you as a human being. They have empathy if they'll go out for a beer with you. But when you ask them for money, they want to know what value they get in return. Yeah. That is, that's, at its fundamental heart, people have bastardized the term capitalism. Capitalism is value for value exchange. Cronyism and crony capitalism, that's something different. And that's more what yeah. we have today. But at, at its end, it's, Tudor, I'm giving you value. You're giving me value in return. I'm going to communicate that beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I have two clients and they sent me some of their materials and I looked over the materials. The first page is about them and their bio. The second page is about their company history. The third page is about their process. All right. I, I have no idea what you do in relation to me. Mm. So you align, yeah, what you do. More importantly, with the positive impact. So we help our clients create an impact story. I don't like the word elevator pitch. I don't like the word value proposition. What are you propositioning me? What am I, <laughs> you know, a pimp or a whore, right? Yeah. So it's impact story. Then you get to authenticity. It's the fourth pillar. They're all A's, by the way. They're easy. I'm not yeah. that smart. It helps me remember them. So <laughs> authenticity is consistently, factually, every day, communicating that impact story to those ideal clients. Now that could be online. It could be offline. When you do that, that's when attention comes to the play. Get attention of the right people with the right message. Mm. When you do that on a regular basis, you start to bring them. You have a podcast. I have a podcast. You're bringing people into your orbit. Now, podcasting yeah. is interesting because people could be in your orbit forever and you don't know it. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's important to do certain things, to share a number, text this number. So you at least find out who's in your orbit. Yeah. And there's an old video of Odell Beckham, the, the wide receiver, when he was with the Giants. I think it was Chris Carter, the Hall of Fame receiver, throwing bricks toward Beckham. And he was grabbing bricks with his bare hands and bringing wow. them in, right? So that when you throw a ball, that's easy. No matter where you throw the ball, you're going to bring it in. So what I, what I help my clients do is when you bring people in that orbit, man, you bring them in, you connect mm -hmm. the dots. So law of attraction will bring them in. Law of attraction is your content, your social, telling that story every day. Maybe you have a podcast, maybe you go on podcast, maybe you appear on TV, maybe you have a weekly blog, whatever that is, you put that energy out and that positive impact story. People come into your orbit. Then what do you do? Well, I teach people how they're on your, they come into your orbit and you know, they're on your orbit. You call them the next day yeah. and you have a discussion. Oh, but what about auto text? What about everyone wants an easy button? Cause we have shiny new objects. You know what no one's doing? Picking up the phone and calling. Yeah. And when you do that, you build those relationships that lead to either more revenue. So I had a guy who was a, a fan of mine on Twitter. Finally, I said, Joe, what's your number? Director, I had a call. We had a great conversation. The next week I launched uh, like a low dollar inner circle thing. Yeah. He was the first to buy it. Okay, great. Wow. That's 300 bucks. Great. Wonderful. Yesterday, I told you about a guy who came into my orbit, connected on LinkedIn. So I called him. He became a client. That guy was actually the reason he became into my orbit and followed me on LinkedIn or viewed my LinkedIn profile. He was a referral from Joe Wow. So it wasn't just about that $300. I had picked up the phone and built that relationship with Joe. Yeah, the waves that Joe's going to make. Yeah. So you bring people into orbit 
but then you need to connect the dots and you got to have conversations with those people. And we often shield ourselves out. And this is important. Now, if you have a digital thing and you're just built, you're selling $30 courses and that's it. Great. That's a commodity. Yeah. But when you're building a true authority brand, those relationships matter. Because if you're asking some, somebody for five, 10, $15,000, sure, you can try to automate it. If you're a Grant Cardone, maybe you can automate it. <laughs> yeah. But he's even got people who get on the phone and speak to you and you build a relationship yeah. that way. Um, it's vital. Bring them into your orbit and then connect the dots with them to bring them closer and build the relationships, which are different than just orbital. I was going to say orbital maneuvers in the dark. Who's, <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Was that an eighties band? I think. <laughs> orbital maneuver. Yeah, I think it was. Um, the conversations that you have, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people doing in those kinds of important conversations? Talk too much. Um, really the conversations should be about using your ears instead of your lips. Yeah. And I work with my clients on scripting down into, Hey, Tudor, thanks for connecting on LinkedIn. I always like to connect beyond the profile. How are you doing today? What, what, you know, is now a good time? Uh, yeah. What is it you do? Well, I help executives, entrepreneurs, and enterprises become more purposeful, productive, and profitable. Silence. Shut up. Don't say anything else. (laughs) There'll be silence. And then they'll say, well, how do you do that? Well, would it be worth 20 minutes to hop on a call so I can learn, we can discuss how I can help you be more purposeful, productive, and profitable? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. You get on the next appointment and they're going to say, well, how how does it work? How much do you cost? You say, those those are great questions, but really this call is about you. So you had mentioned on our last call, you were interested in learning how to become more purposeful, productive, and profitable. That's why we're here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, along those lines, what are two to three areas you'd like to improve that would help you be more purposeful? And then you just shut up yeah. and they give you the keys to the kingdom. They give you the roadmap. You write it down. And then when they're done talking, you read it back to them and say, would you be interested to know how I can help you do that? Yes. And you connect the dots. You don't try to sell them something you think they need. They just told you everything they want. Yeah. You speak yeah. to that at the end. They say, well, that's great. How much does it cost? Well, if you're interested, you know, I took two pages of notes. What I'd love to do is send you a formal proposal. Would you like a formal proposal? Yes. Great. I'll send that to you tonight. Give it a look. I'll follow up with you. Make sure you got it. We have a conversation there. Great. Boom. I get a proposal that night. And so it's not a lot of dancing and this and that. And we're in the friend zone. It's direct, but it's not spammy and it's not salesy. Yeah. It's what do you want? Okay, yeah, cool. I can help you with that cooperation, you know, and, and, um, and, but the key is, I mean, I've had people who were so intent on the law of attraction that they refuse to have those conversations. Hmm. No, 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 no. I'm building a, I'm building a law of attraction business. Well, so am I. The difference is the last part of the word attraction is action. You know, <laughs> they're there, they're at your front door, open the door and let them in. Yeah. And they don't want to do that because they're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of the word mm. no. They're afraid, what if they don't like me? They're afraid, you know, afraid of a variety of things. Um, and, uh, you know, then it becomes a process issue and a mindset issue. That's a really good point with the law of attraction. Sometimes I think it's easy to get hung up on and, and sort of thinking that it has to, the only way that the law of attraction works is if it's some perfect outcome that comes to you rather than thinking it's a co-created outcome between you, you know, sort of aligning so that things can come to you, but you still have to walk up to that outcome and choose it. 
Yeah, I've had people it, come. Right? To, I've had people come to me into my orbit, and then I completely shit the bed on the <laughs> on the discussion <laughs> I had with them in the conversation because I had no process to do that. Yeah, and um, you know, and, and then some people focus so much on how many likes am I get, how many views I get, how many you know. Yeah. Focus on bringing the right people into your orbit. Focus on providing impact, and the right people will come to you. Oh, yeah. that sounds like gobbledygook. Three years ago, I got three and a half million video views on LinkedIn. I had videos that were getting three or 400,000 views a pop organically, wow. right? I wow. felt wonderful. My dopamine was going through the roof. <laughs> there are times now when I'm lucky to get two or 300 views for a post. Yeah. My profitability is much higher two years later. Wow. Why? Because I know how to get likes and views. And a lot of time it's speaking off message. It's not speaking to the person I want to get. Yeah, you're playing and to I, the algorithm or some whatever is trendy. <laughs> exactly. TikTok. Exactly. You're you're in TikTok. <laughs> oh yeah. And if listen, if I want to if I want to get ninety thousand followers so I can sell you know twenty dollar wrist watches, okay, great. Yeah. But I would rather get it's the it's the law of the few. I'd rather get five of the right people engaging with my content than a hundred people I have no idea who they are. Yeah. So great stuff, man. Gosh, so much good stuff. This is, this Thank is, you. I appreciate a, it. Yeah, this is good. I'm, I'm so happy that we met. I mean, uh, we have so many parallels that we talk about. So I'm, I'm really thrilled. That's great. Yeah, no, well, thanks for having me on. And, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. And looking through your website, I was like, Oh gosh, we, I, we align on alignment, you know, and, yeah. and flow and freedom, which is, which is great. And that's really and, cool. Um, I love how you, you talk about, the the flow and alignment of movement yeah from a physical perspective applying that and integrating that into the mental perspective yeah exactly is is so key and it goes back to the soft and yielding yeah and uh there's a great have you read uh, david goggins's book yes um yeah. and can't at hurt the me end of the book yeah yeah at the end of the book and I, I respect David Gott. Now I have, I have certain things of like, okay. He's just, hardcore, man. Hardcore like, grind. <laughs> yeah. Like why? Right. And he was dealing. Right. So, it why? was almost like, it so was like a 20 year suffering. therapy session for him, you know, of like yeah. grinding himself in the ground. But at the end, what happens? He almost yeah. died. Why? Yeah. He was the hard, rigid tree yeah. that was killing himself. And so what happened? He starts doing like, hours of stretching a day and see. Yeah. He starts life. to learn about that stuff. Yeah. It was yeah. an intense ride. Now I totally, I totally saw that same message when I, it was an entire, I listened to the book and it was intense, man. I was like, man, this is like a fucking horror movie. Like I've, I've never had an experience where an audiobook was so intense where like I had to take a break after like listening to the chapters, you know, it was so intense, so much human emotion. And you're right. I mean, oh, yeah. he was the, the rigid tree. And then part of me, like when I listened to it, it was relatively recently. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about now was in my consciousness for the most part. And so listening to it, I was like, God, like, why, like, why so much unnecessary shit, <laughs> but you know, it's a good story. Yeah. I mean, it's uh there's certainly value to, to that side of things, but you need both. You need both to dance. You know, you can't have, yeah. uh, you can't be too relaxed in your body. Uh, you know, you need tension. You, but you also can't have too much tension. You have to time tension and relaxation in a certain 
way. You know, when, when I uh, would teach people about movement and again, I, I love movement because it's everything moves. So if you understand movement, you understand everything, you know? So um, when you look at movement, it's got a certain predictable sequence that it has to go through. You've got stillness, which is where everything originates, you know, then you start to have readiness, which is sort of this sense of like poise, you know, like I always use the example of a dog because I used to have a big German shepherd and, you know, we'd play out in the yard and like when you're ready to kick the ball, what does it do? It kind of gets forward on its paws and it's, you know, you feel that, that intensity building. And so to, that's sort of that potential energy, you know, rising. It's the, it's the readiness with posture where when you're going into a speaker and they tell you, you know, sit up straight, you know, get the rooms really cold. So you're paying attention. That sort of puts tone in your body. I mean, you're not super tone, but you're, you're more engaged. And then, then if you keep pushing that energy forward, you run into momentum, which is you're already actively moving. And then for momentum to get back to a zero point, you have to relax. You know, so each four of those uh, stages, the stillness, uh, readiness, momentum, relaxation, you could apply that to anything. You could apply it to business. You could apply it to dating. You can apply it to, you know, relationships, anything else. And so uh, it's just fascinating to to look at that and see, wow, like everything kind of works the same way. <laughs> I mean, there was the most, a, um, the one of the most fascinating podcast interviews I've listened to this past year was um, uh, Hugh Jackman was on the Tim Ferriss show. Mm. And it's great for a variety of reasons. I'm a huge Jackman fan and, yeah. and he, he is the person that you would hope he is, it would be, yeah. uh, but he's so humble and you learn about these, these kind of, uh, self, uh, self-awareness issues he has and self-confidence issues and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Like I was nervous because you have really people who have something to offer Tim and, and I'm just Hugh Jackman, like those types of things. It was very, wow. One of the things discussions they started having and they were talking about tense tension and stress. And I think it was in the realm of meditation and yoga and these things is uh, Hugh Jackman brought up a study and I can't remember who it was, but it was about sprinters. And if you tell a sprinter to go a hundred percent, they're slower. Mm. And what this guy did was these studies that the fastest sprinters, uh, and they, what they looked at was uh, this guy specifically looked at Carl Lewis, who was kind of tall and lanky. And it would look like he, he had a horrible start. But at 60 meters, it looked like he sped up and everyone slowed down. Hmm. Really, what happened was he just didn't slow Stay down as same. fast as yeah. the other guys. <laughs> and so this this person, I, I can't remember who it was, Hugh Jackman gives a name, started looking into it and found out that when you tell sprinters to, to go 80%, they're actually faster because they're looser. Mm. And they're like, well, this doesn't matter. No one's timing it. I can just go 80%. Yeah, so they end up being faster. And that part where you have to slow down at the end, I do sprints at like in the mornings, I, I went on the beach and I did sprinting. Yeah. The part where I end up get if I ever get hurt doing sprints is not in the is not in the start. It's not in the sprint itself when I'm going the facets. It's when I'm slowing down and I try to slow down quickly. That's yeah. when I my, my calf blows out or or I tweak it. I have to just loosen and just come to this this stop. And um, it's like you know in Chicago you always learn when this icy road lay off the brake. Mm. 
keep control and then you move into the south or like washington dc where all of a sudden there's a snowy day and you keep getting hit because everyone just slams on the brake and they don't realize your car locks up yeah 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 and so <laughs> you know it, it all goes back to movement whether it's yeah. sprinting car you know uh mindset uh your flow throughout the day and um you're absolutely right i love it man love it anything exciting coming up for you just, uh, you know what, we're here at the beach for another month and we're heading up to the mountains. Nice. Um, I have quarterly boot camps. I have a, a I do one-on-one coaching, but I also do, uh, I do a branding boot camp where we tell you the process, the four pillars, nice. how to bring people into your orbit, how to connect the dots, build the relationships and close the deals. And then I also have freedom boot camps where I have a book, five pillars of the freedom lifestyle, where we use that as the guidebook to help you build that life of freedom and fulfillment, define your vision, live a life of alignment, set those outcomes based on reverse engineering and get in that state of flow. So we have those boot camps every quarter and I never stop talking to people about them and selling them. You know, it's just a, it's a rolling piece. So yeah. uh, we have those every quarter. Um, and, uh, and if you're interested, you know, any, anyone can listening, I have free goodies can text the word authority, Y O U authority. It's like authority with you to five, five, six, seven, eight. There's some, some free goodies, the four pillars of branding that we talked about. There's a webinar there. There's a webinar on how to level up your LinkedIn, uh, nice. all that good stuff. So as a free gift, anyone texts that no matter when. And, and I know you said by the time this is going, it'll be into net well in the next year. Yeah. It's all, it's all evergreen for you. Sweet. So there's, there's no, uh, no worries there. Sweet. What are you most grateful for today? I am grateful for the sunrise this morning. Yeah. Um, we've been, we've been, uh, I've been waking up every morning just to see the sunrise because we face East. That's nice. And it is different. I, I've never realized if you really start watching, we spent time in the mountains and you start looking at everything as a whole and the ocean, nothing's ever the same from day to day. Hmm. If you just keep walking with your blinders on and talking on your phone or whatever, it seems like everything's the same. Yeah. But when you actually start watching it and paying attention every day, you realize it's one big living organism. Yeah. It's like the clouds were in a different thing. Yeah. And you start to be present and notice things every day. Yeah, it's the sunrise, but it sets up your day to realize, you know what? Usually I, I, maybe I'm on a phone call and I tell my kids not now that may never happen again. Mm. I may never have time for that again. And so you have a greater appreciation for the, the now instead of the last week or the next week. Um, so I'm grateful for the sunrise this morning. That's beautiful, man. Totally. I, I can totally relate. I have a nice neighborhood I walk through and it's just like, every time you walk through, you, you realize like, wow, this is a different moment in time. Like it's, a, I've never been here before. Yeah. What a thought, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's pretty profound. I mean, it still blows me away. Just the idea that this, the moment we're in is constantly changing. Mm. I don't think I'll ever be able to wrap my mind around that, you know, like, sure, we can kind of understand it intellectually, but when you really just get present to it, it's just, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you start, it, it's a different appreciation, Yeah, you know, especially in 2020 when yeah. some people are, they can't leave their neighborhoods or they can't do certain things. Yeah. And looking around and finding and, and appreciating different things in your backyard. Yeah. You know, that maybe you never looked at or you look at differently now or even in your house and or the people you're with, so. Yeah.
right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with my friend Kurt. You know, I love this episode so much. So many great golden nuggets in this episode. I'm really curious what stood out to you. So let me know. Send me an email if something came up to you that was really, uh, that made a difference for you today. You know, Kurt and I see eye to eye on a lot of things when it comes to alignment. So I hope you've gotten some useful principles out of today's talk, whether that was for your business, for your life, for just relationships, different way of thinking about things. I hope it's inspired you to see how alignment relates to everything in life and how to maybe make some different choices in how things are aligned in your life. So again, if you want to stay in touch with Kurt, you can go check uh, post 231 on the show notes for the uh, for this episode. It's going to be danceoflife.com slash podcast. That's where all the show notes are. And let's not forget our amazing quote from Steve Jobs. A little bit of a long one, but such a great quote. Death is very likely the single best invention of life. It's life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. Right now, the new is you. But someday, not too long from now, you will gradually become the old and be cleared away. Sorry to be so dramatic, but it's quite true. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Again, that's Steve Jobs, and uh, straight to the point with this one. You know, I don't think I could have said it better myself, and life is too short to live out of alignment. Be true to yourself and continually take action on what you believe and make a habit out of reflecting and looking at what is out of alignment and continually work to keep alignment present because then results become, success becomes natural. I love to say that. and I believe it. I think it's true. I think that when you work on alignment and you continually evaluate that, then success, the success that's natural for you, that's, that's authentic for you, that will come easily. So alignment is the hard part. We'll see you guys on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. I'm going to be interviewing uh, Casey Rossi on Friday. She is an entrepreneur with uh, over 20 years of experience. Business expert has helped other entrepreneurs be successful. We'll be doing a lot of interesting conversations. You know, so many great people coming on the show, but we're talking about how to be a spiritual entrepreneur. And that's going to be a great conversation because we're going to talk about business, but mostly what is required of you internally to really be successful, to find fulfillment as an entrepreneur, maybe if you have a side hustle and you don't have to be an entrepreneur to really get something out of that episode. I think it's really relevant for everybody because the journey of creating what you want in life follows, you know, they say success leaves clues. So a lot of great stuff coming up on Friday, but on Tuesday, I'm going to be sharing a couple of life lessons from my own journey being an entrepreneur and some of the spiritual lessons I've learned. I believe, I truly believe being an entrepreneur and having your own business, having your own thing that you do uh, comes with a lot of spiritual lessons, you know, because you have to get outside the comfort zone. You have to take action constantly. You have to know what you want, what you believe in. Those are all spiritual lessons, not business lessons. So I'll be sharing with, uh, sharing with you guys on Tuesday, a lot of those things. So make sure you tune in on Friday as well for my interview with Casey. It's going to be great stuff. Until then, see ya. Hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend, wherever you happen to be listening to this. Stay safe, stay healthy, and remember, your life is a dance, so go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, 
Stay connected at danceoflife.com.